BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always Always Use your head. You are now listening to Chair Shot Radio. Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an impromptu wrestling conversation right here on Chair Shot Radio, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. A part of the chairshot.com where we encourage you to enjoy your day the chair shot way by always using your head. I am joined today by the kingpin of the chair shot, the star, believe it or not, of the Greg DeMarco show. It is Greg DeMarco himself. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. How's it going? Oh, fantabulous. But we're not alone, Greg. We're joined by the other star of the Greg DeMarco show, the co-creator of Bandwagon Nerds, a man who I will be recording with this afternoon as well, he is the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. And he's also muted, but that's okay. Muted. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, happy early morning, Greg. Good Lord, this is what, like 7.30 your time? 8 o'clock. Almost 8 o'clock? Yeah. Oh, that's right. The time change hasn't happened yet where... Yeah, I would not I, have gone for 7 o'clock start time. I just, I'm just thinking about eight, spring forward off. already and, and how that makes the DeMarco show really hard for me to record. You still got three months. You have to worry about that. Uh, so far away and yet so close. Glad sure. to be on this, though. Thanks for inviting me, guys. I think this is fun. I, I think uh, this could be the beginning of getting into maybe some of the top five stuff we've done before. But today um, we are discussing, and if you read the title, which most people do before they hit play on a podcast, uh, you know we're talking top five WWE, WWF, world title reigns so that includes the wwe wwf title and the universal championship uh from basically the day hogan beat the iron sheik at uh what was it wwf on msg so you can start the era on january 23rd 1984 and run it to the current day and these are our top fives if you are a listener of bandwagon nerds you know how this goes in the top fives we just kind of go back and forth in a little bit of a snake draft revealing our top fives from five up to one if someone has the same one we will hold on till the higher seating and talk about that title reign at that time gentlemen comments questions concerns before we roll the ball down the hill we could have done a top 25 and still had a lot of really good title reigns to talk about yeah, I mean, to preface like, this, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, then it would have been Thursday by the time we finished. Yes. Right, I mean, it'd be about the length of a bandwagon nerds episode, so oh it would have it would have fit. Which nobody wants to do this morning. You, you have one to do in a couple of hours. That's, that's like, fair, why that's why fair. do one before you do one? It's a true that's story. True. That's true. Do you guys want to throw out any honorable mentions right away? Um, or should we let's save those? Let's save those in case they no, don't get they mentioned. No, because they might be on people's lists. Yeah, yeah, we'll save those for later. So I have three just because. Um, I don't know, I kind of did the smell test. I was telling Patrick, running down the title reins and going, this could be, this could be, and then kind of organizing them. But let's get to it. Uh, Greg, we, we discussed the the order in which we were going, and, and because of my beauty and your age, Patrick O'Dow will be in the middle, and you will be, be beginning today. <laughs> I'm riding bitch. You have you have beauty, and, and, and I have age, and he has nothing. So, <laughs> I have this so for... Ron Swanson coffee mug, and that's mm. what I've got. Let me tell you something. There's there's no wrong way to consume alcohol, son. 
That's a Ron Swanson quote. It is. So I start off. Um, I didn't have this big huge list to be honest with you. There were ones that immediately jumped out at me, and that's what I base it off of. It's like which ones immediately come to mind, which ones immediately come to memory. Then I went back and researched just to make sure I had the right range for certain people and everything else. So the first one for me is 2011's CM Punk 484 day title ring. Yeah, we're gonna we'll talk about that way down the road here. Uh, Patrick. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, because Greg DeMarco gave me a hard time about uh, bandwagon nerds honorable mentions, I have no honorable mentions. Uh, it takes you all. Uh, but my number five title reign is a personal favorite of mine, and Greg probably won't be surprised to hear it because I argue that it's one of the greatest storylines in the history of the WWF, and that is Macho Man Randy Savage's world title victory at WrestleMania four on March 27, 1988, when he won the tournament, four matches in one night, um, all the way until WrestleMania 5, April 2nd, 1989, where he loses to Hogan. Uh, and not so much because of like the number of defenses or who Savage defeated in that whole title reign. To me, it's one of the greatest pieces of long-term storytelling that the WWF ever did, from Hogan getting the assist to helping Savage win the title to the formation of the mega powers to the, the jealousy and the anger over Miss Elizabeth and, and being, you know, you know, jealous of Hogan and that whole attention to the mega powers exploding at WrestleMania five. I just, that whole story arc is to, to this day, I stand by it as one of the best story arcs the WWF ever did. I found it compelling. I was 10 years old when that happened. So that also I'm sure has a huge role to play in why it meant so much to me because it was, it was just, it was unbelievable. I couldn't imagine that they were going to break up. And when they broke up, I hated that Randy Savage and loved it. And so loved that title reign for the story that it told. And, and so that's, that's my number five. Greg, any thoughts on that title uh, reign of where you had that uh, on, on your list? Any like, between six and ten, maybe. I it, it it's it was definitely under consideration, like when I was going through and 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 deciding which ones are going to be where. To me, it was that ultimate storyline and an ultimate storytelling. The problem that I had was that his run was it was marred by Hogan from the start. Like Hogan was even the reason he won the match to win the tournament, and. It's kind of like people wanted that Bret Hart-like run out of Randy Savage and didn't get it because there was always Hogan, Hogan, Hogan the whole time, including, you know, he didn't even main event SummerSlam by himself. He had a team with Hogan. And to me, that run couldn't have been the greatness that we needed out of Randy Savage because it was still all about Hogan. I it, it kind of to back up your point, Greg, it's funny because he even lo- he was in the Royal Rumble match in between. And yep. he he. Got elim- that you you had your world champion in the Rumble and had him eliminated, and it wasn't even by Hogan. But to Patrick's point, as I battle with this one beam of light that's coming out of the <laughs> fucking window at this time of I can anyway, see it. it's so fun, isn't it? I picked this side and then I went over to this side. We'll just stay over here for a bit. Um, great podcasting, great audio podcasting PC. You're doing a fucking bang up job here today. Uh, but the storyline between Elizabeth Hogan and the Mega Powers and everything else that was. I agree with you, Patrick. I had that number six. It was one of eight title reigns that made the smell test the, the smell test cut when I looked down and I didn't really consider anything else but like, hey, yes, no, and boom. So I had it six. Great call. Uh, my number five is John Cena winning the title. I'm like, which one? September seventh. September seventeenth at Unforgiven. In 06 to October 1st of 07, when he tore when he tore the peck and had to vacate the title. So that that's my number five, and I basically bookend this in with the two title reigns he had before this, because from April of 05 to October of 07, John Cena in three title reigns held the belt 793 days out of 912 days. And it would have been longer. Just to, be, if he, just, to, just to throw it out there, we, we can't discuss the 2005 one. 
<laughs> right, right now. Understood. Because reasons. Understood. Because Understood. reasons. No, no, and but but I think it it could have it could have and would have been longer if he didn't get injured. And I think uh, the, the the matches he had obviously at the time were, were with everybody that were in the company. I think this is when he got over with HBK as well, which was really big. Um, I I just I wonder. It's kind of where Vince overcorrected himself because of Rob Van Dam, and he went, "Whoa, I, I need to I need to be." held and and cared for and in trusting arms for a long time and it was over a year that he needed to be in john cena's arms after what rob van dam did you know plus you know flipping with edge and everything but that's kind of my reaction to that i think it's some of john cena's best work i think it's really important the way that he came back and you know uh we we were able to it was almost the beginning of 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 where cena wasn't cheered all the time anymore too you know so it was the beginning of that split um any comments on that, gentlemen? The Michaels match for me is is part of that that really jumps out because that wasn't even supposed to be Shawn Michaels. I don't think we were ever supposed to get John Cena, Shawn Michaels in a program like we did at, at WrestleMania 23. And it turned out to be great to me, in, in my opinion. And, and it was kind of the, the ending of the match and Michaels' reaction threw a lot of people off because they thought Michaels wasn't happy or whatever. But that was just Michaels doing a poor job of selling the okay, this guy surprised me and, and earned my respect and, and that sort of deal. Um, but for Cena, like Cena and Triple H was, was an iconic program, but Shawn Michaels came before Triple H. And so for Cena to get that WrestleMania main event over a guy like Shawn Michaels was huge and to me is a huge part of this run. And, and it was also, like you said, Vince going back to what he knew would work. And, and Cena had been established as the guy and had to be the guy. Patrick, a couple other notes from me. Before we get your thoughts, he he won that started that title reign with a TLC victory over Edge, which I can't imagine would have been a bad match. Um, I'm sure it's rated fairly highly. Uh, a match with Umaga. Uh, that was, that at, was New Year's. Be, is that was the was that the one where he choked him out, or he like, or was the couldn't get up or whatever? Right, like it was like a a last man standing match or something like that. Which one? The match with Umaga. Like the one where he had to like be clever um, to beat him. I don't know. It doesn't say that here. It doesn't have a stipulation on it. But that was obviously Umaga, Umaga's highest point is having a WWE championship right. match at with John Cena during that time. You know, you yes. talked about uh, Shawn Michaels. He also had match uh, a big five man match with Bobby Lashley, McFoley, uh, some Randy Orton stuff. He had a singles match with Bobby <laughs> Lashley. So. Just a just a really good run there, and don't forget the great work he did in May and June of '07 with the great Kali. Let's not forget. Right. Well, this this is the reign that if you listen to Greg and I back in the past talking about John Cena, and, and you make a joke about the great Kali, but like there was always this question about who who or how could John Cena really elevate anybody? Like the the Super Cena jokes would go on, and you just look at like it was like Big Match John over and over and over again with all these title defenses and made so many guys look legit uh, in, in working, either showing that he could hang with them like a Shawn Michaels or like, I remember that Umaga match. Like I'll go back and watch that match with Umaga because it was the best Umaga match I've ever seen. Um, and, it, and it was just great. And John Cena had a lot to do with why that match was so good uh, and, and really elevating people. So that's, I considered that reign too out of his, what is he like, sixteen, fifteen reigns? Um, I forget what the exact number is. Uh, yeah, I think it's sixteen, right, Greg? Tied with uh, 16. Flair. Yeah, he's tied with Ric Flair. Gotcha. All right, so that rounds out the fives. Let's switch on over to the fours. Um, I'll bring it back around. Uh, mine is Brock Lesnar's title reign from Mania 33 to SummerSlam of 2018. Anybody got that? Up higher? No? All right. That, that was under consideration, but didn't make the top five. Gotcha. All right. Uh, this was uh, 503 days as a rain. Um, by the way, Roman's at 498 as of today. A um, little foreshadowing. Let me... Uh, <laughs> he beat Goldberg. He also had matches with Samoa Joe. He had a really nice fatal four-way with, um, with uh, Reigns, Samoa Joe, and Strowman. They remember he, that's the time where he had the match with AJ Styles as well. Um, 
and then he got into the feud with Roman Reigns and ended up losing that at SummerSlam. But just classic uh, to me, Paul Heyman Brock Lesnar interaction where they they like you know they already kind of had that turned gimmick to a little bit tighter um, relationship and and a little bit uh, smoother delivery from like early Brock and Paul right. Now here they really turned the corner and turned it on to where I turned myself and I said maybe Paul Heyman is the best manager of all time over Bobby Heenan and and everything that's happened since then. I, I really debate that in my head as I sit here with my Star Wars hoodie and my Andre and Bobby shirt on underneath it and I and I and I besmirch Bobby Heenan. But Patrick, you shake your head. I, I just. Patch. At you, it's my you, feelings regarding uh, Paul Heyman. It's not, five, it has nothing to do with. No, I, I got you. Five hundred plus days though, as a champion. He, I mean, it's funny. I have I have a different Brock Lesnar reign on on my list later on, so um, we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, the, the just the sheer dominance of of that reign and the you know the constant conversations of who's going to be the one to dethrone Brock Lesnar and, and get that big rub and get that big push. Um, or just the the big result of, of being the one to defeat him, uh, you can't you can't deny Brock Lesnar every time he's on your television set that he just commands your attention and respect. And this was yeah, it's it's I think it's a a, a reign that's about to get passed, but will or at least be really close to getting passed, uh, and we'll see. But yeah, it's a it's a good call on on your part. What's surprising to me is that. Uh, and what and it was surprising as I went through, I don't have a single Brock Lesnar reign on my list. And I love Brock Lesnar, and and I love Brock Lesnar the performer, but I kind of come to the conclusion that outside of the first one, which didn't make my list either, he almost supersedes the title in a lot of ways because he's Brock Lesnar. He's, he's their version of The Undertaker now. And I just can't and, – and, and with the, the disappearances that he had so often during his title runs – which is it's just hard in the weekly program. He would have been a phenomenal champion in the 80s and and even oh, yeah. the early 90s. And his runs probably he could have probably had you know Bruno like runs back then that you know version for the time. But just just the disappearances and and all of that it just didn't work in the the way they they present their product on television in the modern day. Which is why so many Brock Lesnar runs were under consideration, but none were able to crack my top five. Well, the problem with Brock Lesnar, and, and it, I use the word problem to describe it because I can't think of really any other way to do it, and, and it's not a problem, it's it's a good thing, is he's one of the four most legit professional wrestlers of all time. And what right. I mean by that yeah. is not the fact that he could legitimately kick your ass outside of the ring, not the fact that he's legitimately had success in you know um, hand-to-hand combat sports and things of that nature uh, to, to the umpteenth level, it's the fact that he he brings believability to a sport that is um, uh, pre-planned, right? So you believe it, right? And when I say one of four, I say Brock Lesnar, I say Ken Shamrock, I say Kurt Angle, and I say Andre the Giant. When those four people went out there, you kind of forgot that this was a pre-planned thing and you went, holy fuck, this is something I got to see. I believe in these people outside of this pre-rehearsed business because of just look at Andre, Everything Brock's done, and look at him, broken frickin' neck, and the most dangerous man in the world. So that that to me, that's that's what I how I qualify that, and I had to have a Brock Lesnar title reign on here for that reason. Yeah, huh. uh, I'm not I'm not mad at it for sure. I just think you know it just and and Bruce Pritchard even said you know if this were real, Brock Lesnar would never lose anyway. But, <laughs> that's so. true. <laughs> it's a true story. Uh, so we're to my number four. Um, we're going to probably talk about my number four later because you didn't uh, bring it up, Tony, and that was CM Punk's lengthy yeah. reign. So we're yep. skipping me. Mm-hmm. Greg? Okay, so my number four is going to surprise no one. Gender. At all. And is on there for some very important reasons. What about 170. <laughs> yeah. It is, in fact, Jinder Mahal. Now, did I sit down and come up with my list and realize that Jinder belongs in the top five? Or did I sit down, come up with my list, and try to make sure I work Jinder into, into my top five list? It is definitely the latter. 
I am, am forever linked to Jinder Mahal. Of course, it was the the DWI 100 episode where I demanded 30 seconds, which turned into like five minutes to talk about Jinder Mahal, and and said that his WrestleMania 33 performance would turn into a, a push for the man that that would lead to all that. But the Jinder reign for me, yeah, that's why I'm into it so much is because I called it. And and that's it. I own that and, and love it. But that to me is is if you're a superstar in WWE, and of course right now in, in the modern era, it's so hard because everybody can be released at any time and, and you just never know. Jinder represents the fact that if you do work hard, if you do stand out, you can get a shot. No one in their right mind expected Jinder to win the six-way match, the six-pack challenge on SmackDown that gave somebody a title shot, right? Looking at who was in the match, you probably figured it would have been Jeff Hardy. And Jinder wins, and then he goes to the pay-per-view to Backlash and beats Randy Orton relatively clean in, in for modern-era standards. Like, yes, the, the, the boys got involved, but at the end of the day, Jinder pins him one, two, three in the center of the ring and, and becomes... WWE champion. And if not for a Survivor Series showdown with Brock Lesnar that didn't happen because AJ had to win the belt, who knows how long it actually would have gone. It went, I think, longer than anybody expected. And much like when when Kofi had his run, it was treated as he was treated as a champion and and was was done that way. And let's be honest, Jinder Mahal, when Jinder Mahal retires, if, if he were to retire now, a few years later, he probably goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, a lot of people go into the WWE Hall of Fame, but without the title run, I don't know if he does. And it just, to me, represents more than just I called it, but it really does represent the fact that he is the, the shining example of hard work paying off because no one in their right mind ever expected Jinder Mahal to be a WWE champion, and yet he will forever be remembered as a WWE champion thanks to his win over Randy Orton in 2016. So that's why, aside from, from personal bias, I made sure that Jinder Mahal was on this list. He he really emphasized the fact that WWE was trying to go international as well, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. hey, we need to explore and, and exacerbate the means to get the ultimate financial uh, uh, gain in all corners of the earth. Uh, I think to me, the biggest part of that title reign was him losing. It was a hell of a match against AJ Styles in England. I mean, and that led to a 300 a year long uh, reign by AJ, which didn't even make my special yeah. test, which was probably a top 20 reign of all time too. So, but yeah, yeah gender, it definitely made my, it's as interesting. Well. if I had, if I had the honorable mentions, it would be on there. It's interesting that we brought up Brock reign and then gender's reign now. Cause this was the same time. Yeah. Right. You're, and if you believe right. the modern day news cycle, his reign ended because Brock didn't want to face him at Survivor Series. Champion. Which I don't believe. Champion. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, highest that. highest rated SmackDown champion, right, for a while. Yeah. Then. Sure. Uh, well, ratings went up with him as champion. But, you know, he's terrible. And, and it also, at the time... His his title reign encompassed the the most successful financial quarter in company history. Right. And yeah, Lester was champion at the same time, but he also wasn't there all the time. So you know, right. Ginger's money, y'all. All right, folks, that is going to round out the top fours. We're going to take a quick commercial break right here. You're listening to Impromptu Wrestling Conversation on Chair Shot Radio with Greg Demarco, Patrick O'Dowd, and PC Tunney. You're listening on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. And make sure you head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. Pick yourself up a ChairShot t-shirt. Get it in soft style. Do your epidermis a favor. It makes a great gift as well. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the ChairShot. We shall return after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back to a special edition of ChairShot Radio, an impromptu wrestling conversation for the I- an IWC for the IWC, Patrick, if you will, right here. Very Chair- nice. Well, Chair- well played. That's ChairShot Radio Network. Thank you much. Um, 
You know, it's interesting, guys. I'm sitting here right now, and I'm thinking about what I forgot to grab when I was at the grocery store yesterday and how it is like 15 degrees outside and very icy. So that what I forgot was alcohol. So I think I'm going to have to download the Drizzly app and uh, get that delivered. Make someone else treacherous, treacherous, uh, you know, treach through the through the elements to bring me some alcohol this afternoon for wrestling and bandwagon nerds. So maybe I'll even use the promo code fast five. Uh, on the, uh, you know, drizzly.com. Anyway, wrestling. I hear, that, uh, I hear good things happen there. Right. Yes. Good things always happen with alcohol, Patrick. Save five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. Uh, impromptu wrestling conversation. Top five WWE title reigns of all time. We are at number three, Mr. Greg DeMarco. I apologize. I have a tortilla in my mouth. I know. Um, I was trying to, I, I, I was looking at you going, I think he's done. And then you weren't done. It's what I can eat right now. So my number three is probably, and the thing is I'm probably going to talk for 30 seconds and then it'll go on to Patrick because I guarantee you my number three is higher on one or both of your lists. And my my number three is Hulk Hogan's 1984 WWF championship run after he beat the Iron Sheik. Yep. Thumbs up. We'll we'll move on. Um, I assumed. I I wonder if this, I'm assuming this will be higher too um, because it's our current champion our tribal chief Roman Reigns, um, and, and Greg is nodding higher on your list. And that's, higher on my list. So that's going to round out the top threes because uh, <laughs> I had Roman Reigns' current reign as number three as well. So I will bring it back, and we are to the top two here on an impromptu wrestling conversation. Uh, Chair Shot Radio Network here. Uh, I'm not sure what day you're listening to this because we haven't decided when we're going to put it up, but we're recording it uh, the Sunday morning of the last week of the NFL season. Uh, you didn't need to know that, but I told you anyway, so deal with it. Number two for me, uh, Hulk Hogan. It's rain. First one higher on anybody. You got that number one, Patrick. All right. Who is your I number do. two, Mr. Patrick O'Dowd? My number two is my Brock Lesnar title reign, and that was his uh, brief. It was one of his more brief reigns uh, from his return to SummerSlam, where he crushes John Cena on 8-17-2014 to losing at WrestleMania to Seth Rollins. Um, with the Seth Rollins cash in in the match that he had with Roman Reigns. And for me, this is a, again, it's weird. It's, it's the title reign that made me interested in the, in the world championship again. Um, if that makes sense, uh, Brock Lesnar comes back. We expect this, we expect, we expect Brock Lesnar to win, but I don't think anybody expected him to win in the way that he won and that he absolutely destroys John Cena and I kept waiting. I was like, when's the Cena comeback going to happen? When's the Cena comeback going to happen? And they didn't. And then, again, the, part of this is just the storytelling and the way that the rain started and ended. The head fake that Greg DeMarco called, by the way, that, that Seth Rollins would cash in um, to win. That he'd cash in his money in the bank to win, win the w, uh, the Universal, Universal run. I can't remember which belt it was. Um, at that point, it was just the one. They only had yeah, the it was just the one. It was just the one uh, heavyweight championship. Where again, we are on the verge of thinking that Roman Reigns is going to get anointed, that he is going to get the big victory. Seth Rollins cashes in, thanks Roman, or, uh, thanks Roman while pinning him. Everybody's heard it and gets that title right. And it was just again the unstoppable beast. Uh, his his first sort of big return in this this persona. And was, I just, I love watching him run roughshod through people to then eventually get the win. I just thought it was so huge for Rollins. It was actually a huge match for Reigns, too. Um, And part of what I looked at when I looked at some of these is what did, what did these Reigns do for other people and for the company in general? And I thought that this was a big one of making the, the title scene important again. The best ma- the best match that he had in that reign was the triple threat at the Royal Rumble that year with Seth and right. John Cena. That match like is considered better than a nine out of ten by most people who rate things out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. Those who rate it out of eleven, I think it's around a ten. Um, and then you can move forward with the percentages and numbers that way, which has nothing to do with this conversation right now. I was trying to make a joke, right. and it didn't go over. So Greg, why don't you just go <laughs> ahead and jump in here and uh, you know save me? I will. I will because. And, and again, the whole Brock Lesnar thing is so hard for me, but because I love the guy, I love his performances, I love everything. 
the best match of this run to me was the last match, although that triple threat match was amazing. And the reason why the best match that that last match stands out, not just because of the cash in that I called the day that, that Seth won the title or the, <laughs> the, the briefcase is because it really became the modern day Brock Lesnar style match. It was a UFC title fight is what that WrestleMania 31 main event was. And, and it was so different than anything else we had seen. It also established Roman Reigns and, I've said it time and time again, you go back and watch that match. JBL used the dominance of Brock Lesnar to tell Roman Reigns' story. They, JBL was the one who basically told you Roman's not ready for this. And he's going to grow into the moment over the next 10 minutes. And and he did. And and it was just, you know, Roman gets busted open and he busts open Brock. And, you know, but in legit ways, wasn't wasn't planned. You know, unlike the, the Randy Orton title match with Brock or the Randy Orton match with Brock. And it just was 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 really jumped out at me because it was the new Brock Lesnar match is what that was. And we're still seeing the new Brock Lesnar match to this day after that, whereas before he kind of had the more epic type matches that he had, the long one with Triple H and the long one with CM Punk and the long one with John Cena at Extreme Rules and all that stuff. So this was the new Brock Lesnar in me, in, in my opinion, and he needed that. And and basically was was that same Brock Lesnar until this year. So I yeah, I love this rain. Love all of that. And one thing you're gonna hear from me in the next couple of bullet points that we go through here with with why I rank certain title runs the way I did is how they end. Because to me, how a title reign ends is extremely important. And and that's why I have certain things rated where I do, um, or didn't rate certain ones where I did. And this one ended fantastically. And it ended in a memorable way for good. It's memorable for the right reasons way. And that's another reason why this is so good. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes insomnia brain fog moodiness or weight gain you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging the experts at midi health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause and MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And now we're on to my number two. Is that where you're, you're signaling me there? Kind of? <laughs> my like... number two, it, it definitely won't be just me who talks about it here, but it, it's um, depending on, on if Tony has it on his list and where uh, actually, no, it is everybody. So this is really strange that that we all had them where we did. My number two is both your guys' number three, and that is the current run of the WWE Universal Champion, the head of the table, and and props to Pat McAfee for his line on SmackDown, where the Usos were playing with the tables, and he said, "Of course, we know how to use tables. Our cousin is the head of them. Our tribal chief." reigning undisputed universal champion Roman Reigns and his current run as universal champion. So the one reign that we can't really say the number of days that it, that it is, what's it 487 right now or something like that? 498 as we record on January 9th, he will tie 498. He will tie Brock Lesnar for the longest universal championship reign Friday on SmackDown. I really hope they mention that. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Pat McAfee will, if nobody else does, because he was the one who called out Mickey James being the Impact Knockout Champion on air. Um, Yeah, which she she retained that belt, by the way. Of course she did, because she's gonna she's gonna walk out to the Rumble with it. (laughs) Okay, this is my first podcast since that happened. Although I'm sure I'll talk about it on Tuesday when we record. 
multiple podcasts. Not only will she walk out at it with the Royal Rumble, she will defend that belt probably on Raw between now and then. Like, they'll do it just because of the buzz it's gotten so far. And I would think she will defend that title against, like, Carmella or Zelina Vega or somebody like that. Probably She's not, not defending Carmella. against She's hurting, Becky. man. Don't, don't be putting my girl in there. She's working hurt. Then fine. I Zelina. Defending I will, Zelina. I will agree uh, on what I just said with her walking out to the Rumble with the title. Yeah. I will respectfully disagree and, and um, wait to be wrong and say she will not yeah. wrestle for that title. She will not defend that title on WWE television. Yeah, I also believe that when when they came up with the idea to put Mickey James in the Rumble, Vince didn't even know she worked for Impact, let alone was knockout champion. Right, it doesn't so. fucking it just goes to show it, it doesn't fucking bother. He don't he does it doesn't even exist to him. But the biggest boss move that could come out of all of this is when Mickey James shows up to the Royal Rumble. If she would walk in the back door into the backstage of the arena and on her way to the locker room with her gear in a trash bag. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. sure. And that's why I think they have the raw thing, too, so they can do something with the trash bag. Like, they're not afraid of this type of stuff. She they should really put it in their face to whoever did that to her. Like, and I don't really think it's that big of a deal, to be fucking honest with you. Yeah. Um, there's worse things no. that can happen to people. But if more, she, more, bo- more boss about, move, uh, boss move if she came back. More about that. Roman Reigns, though. More about Roman Reigns, though. Um, yes. <laughs> his, like, like, he came back, and, you know, it was so funny because the, the whole tagline of SummerSlam in, in – 2020 was you'll never see it coming and we had no idea what that meant people nowadays are like oh yeah i thought it was roman no, you, dave ungar did legitimately he called dave. that a month beforehand well, good on right. dave yeah good on dave because he did it was roman reigns and and the and the great thing about that it that it was in the performance center right? it was it, it was in the thunderdome and so camera shot wise there was no crowd to give it to spoil it anything like literally just the camera click, you know, turns and there's Roman hitting the spear and he comes back. And then, of course, the very next week, you know, the very next Smackdown, you have the the, the bill to pay back and the the reveal that he's with Paul Heyman. And then it just completely flipped a character. But not only did it flip a character, it's it's and, and I've had this down for some others um, that, that, you know, we, we've talked about or haven't talked about. He's defining an era with this run and and the same as two other runs that um, that we'll talk about. And that's just hard to do. Not everybody gets to do that. And Roman Reigns defining an era. He is establishing himself as an icon, which two other reigns that we'll talk about do, which is huge. And and he's just completely and he's finally the person that everybody wanted him to be. And to me, it's not a fact of he's finally able to do that. I think he was able to do it for a long time. The company just finally ran with this character. Timing is everything, too. This character wouldn't have worked before, and and even though people wanted it to. And and he's he's going to finish his career by supplanting somebody else on the Mount Rushmore of WWE history. Like, he just will. And... <laughs> Sorry, Tony's face. This, I wish I you were filming this because that was outstanding. <laughs> I'm telling you, we got it. You were literally, you were literally an emoji right like, there, like the show your teeth emoji. You really could be emojis. Maybe it's, it, maybe it's the bald head. I don't know, but you really could be emojis like, in human form. Oh, See, there you go. That. Um, pur- purposefully bald, not not bald for for natural reasons, but purposefully bald, as he continues to make emoji faces. Do the poop right. one. No, I'm kidding. Don't do the poop. Do the poop. Um, <laughs> and. And, and he's probably – I don't think this reign ends to WrestleMania 39 unless Roman has to, like for medical reasons or he goes off to Hollywood. I really don't. And imagine that. Imagine a run that goes through three WrestleManias. In I this have. Era. I've predicted it already. Yeah. We all – yeah, <laughs> I've been calling WrestleMania 39 as well. It's just amazing. And and it takes, it takes a certain kind of wrestler to do that. And, you know – Aside from Jinder Mahal, nobody but Roman Reigns could do it. Oh, so. Jesus. All right, stop it right there. I, I just, I love, the, the I, for me, it's what is to gain by Roman losing yet. Yeah. Because this isn't done. That's what's crazy about, you know, Greg, you talk about the longevity. This tribal chief thing, like, who who in a, in a million years when this whole thing started would have imagined that we'd be looking at two plus years heading towards three and thought that but that, that this would we be what we good for you, Mister. Raising your hand, I'm I'm happy for it. I'm just saying I 
I were you were you raising your hand to block the sun or were you raising your hand to be like I knew this would go more than two years? Well, a little bit of both. Got gotcha. you. A little bit. And, of both. and it is. It's one of those things. And I still will um, pat myself on the back for saying back when he debuted with the Shield that he was the most compelling member of the Shield. Uh, but the the audience. I think has just been so was so ready for this persona when they finally pulled the trigger, like you were saying, Greg, and it's money and it's being proven money and Fox loves him. And the WWE has obviously loved him. And there is no reason in that train because people are still investing themselves in this reign, in this character, in this story. We now have the best love triangle ever in the WWE going on right now between Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. Great way to great, great putting it. Yeah. How they keep going it. And I can't even claim credit for it. I read it from somebody else on the internet, but it, I, I immediately embraced it. So yeah, it was my number four. Um, or no, it was my number three just because it's still going on. If that makes sense. Like I was like, it's ongoing. Do, do we really call it an all timer until it's, I mean, it is, and you can see it and you're living it. But at the same time, I was like, we still don't know how it's going to end. But it's been it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a great ride, and it's it's one we're going to be on for a while. Well, depending on how it ends, it could end up dropping on my list if we do it in the future. Like, sure. Because the ending is so, and and that's why it's where it is over one that I already mentioned is, is because it doesn't have the caveat of ending poorly. So to me, this is yeah that that actually the fact that it's still going, I think, is why it made it to number two. Yeah, I had it as my number three. It could it could move up. I don't think it could move down on my list. Um, it, I think the 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 thing that we take for granted in this in this run is the actual matches that he has because the storyline and the interaction and the and the and the relationship between him, Brock and 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 Paul Heyman, and then the 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 relationship he has with Seth, who they kind of get in the picture once in a while on TV together, going, oh, this could happen too. But you talk about like in ring work. Like, and now it's about to happen. Right. The Seth thing right. is going to happen at the Royal Rumble. I mean, and then you talk about, like, instantly elevating Jay Uso once he won this title and turns him into main event Jay Uso and instantly builds, starts building his stable exactly what everybody wanted, right? And the matches he had, amazing. Uh, Drew McIntyre, amazing match with him. Kevin Owens, the run they did, had unbelievable matches, right? Then you talk about he's in there with Daniel Bryan and Edge. He has a banger match with Cesaro. John Cena, Finn Balor. I mean, he's he's worked with everybody and knocked it out of the park in the ring, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have no I have no arguments. Greg, take us to number one here on our list of top five WWE title reigns of all time here on the Impromptu Wrestling Conversation in IWC for the IWC on Chairshot Radio Network. So my number one on my list. Is John Cena's first reign, his 2005 reign as WWE champion. And the reason why I picked this one, and, and the reason why this one is number one on my list, is, is for three simple reasons. Number one, much like I, I, I said you know, with the Roman Reign, it established an icon in, in WWE history. This run, when he was drafted to Raw from SmackDown, the way, you know, winning it at WrestleMania, uh, after all the, the, the fuss over the Royal Rumble, and having him having to go through the tournament after the title with Batista and, and everything else that they did, it, he defined an era. WWE needed a new era superstar, and it was John Cena. And you have all heard the stories of of the meeting that Vince McMahon had with talent, where he said somebody needs to step up and, and be the guy. And Cena walked up to him and said, I'm that person. And then sure enough, uh, a year later, he was that person. And he had an amazing run. It's, it's what established John Cena. It's what established fans booing John Cena. It's what established, you know, so many aspects of the John Cena that we know today that it, it really, that reign catapulted his career. Even though it wasn't his longest reign, it was the one that, that I think he'll always be remembered for just because of the fact that it established the John Cena that we know and love today. And, you know, point that I'm going to be making soon for, for you guys it prop it had probably it, short of Brock Lesnar's run that we talked about. It had the best ending it possibly could have had with the first ever money in the bank cash in that when Edge cashed in after the the New Year's whatever it was called pay per view and the first Revolution. elimination. Yeah, the first elimination chamber match, right? Or no, it wasn't the first elimination chamber match. It was when they brought it back. Um, he wins. 
they raise it and then Edge cashes in and and becomes WWE champion. Even though that was a short reign for Edge and definitely not one that's going to be on any of our lists, it ended in a way that I think was epic. And that's just so important to me as as well. It, it's it had it started in a way that was epic with the with the run of WrestleMania. It ended in a way that was epic and it established John Cena as again appearing on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore's today. So to me, John Cena's first run is 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 the best WWE Championship reign that I've ever seen. I, I also hard. just love. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Patrick. I can go after. Also, just kudos to JBL, who had been the long-standing champion at the time. Oh, did I did I steal your thunder? Son of a bitch. That's okay. Go <laughs> oh, ahead. Sorry. Hey, I I looked at JBLs. I definitely didn't make the list and, and whatever, but it was no, one that as I was considering. It's, it's, a, it's an underrated reign. The JBL World Title reign is a really underrated reign because I it's just how do you describe it? it's it's not it's not impressive. In this, like, but he was just rock solid as as that heel champion, and his his run makes Cena's victory important, and and made it and made it a big deal because he unseated a longstanding champion. Uh, and you talked about the Edge cash in. That's what elevated Edge to be who who we see him as now. Like as as you know, it made him the Hall of Famer that he is, because from there we looked at Edge differently. So. Just it was it's a good pick. It's a good pick. It didn't it didn't make my list. Oddly enough, John Cena didn't make my list. Uh, I think just yeah, kind of like me the, and me and Brock Lesnar. I think it's just the sheer volume of runs. Like it, it was like where where do you go? Uh, probably the attrition of numbers there. But sorry sorry to steal your honorable mention thunder. No, that's fine. I out of the eight that made the smell test to break it down into top five, I ranked this one eighth, the JBL one. And and to Greg's point, the beginning and ending of 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 reigns is very important maybe more so than the the meat in the middle um but john cena just him winning his first world championship against jbl was a great story because jbl's story as a heel and progression of a character over that time that he was champion was excellent and it started in a great way too in a texas death rope match with eddie guerrero i believe uh jbl's reign so but yeah, yeah, John John Cena's title reign there. I mean, all these that we're talking about is really we're we're just arguing over minute things. These are all unbelievable times in wrestling history for these unbelievable performers. So, great call, Greg. Um, Patrick, your number one. My number one it has been mentioned by the two of you already. Obviously, that is Hulk Hogan's reign defeating the Iron Sheik in 1984 at Madison Square Garden, all the way to losing in February due to tomfoolery, which I'm sure is what brought the the rain down on Greg's list. But for me, the reason this is number one is because World Wrestling Entertainment doesn't exist without this marriage between Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon and Hulkamania and the mainstream popularity and pub that this character and this world champion had for four years. Like, and to me, that's just it. Like, it is the foundation and the bedrock of the entity, whether you love what the WWE is now or hate it, Hulk Hogan, Hulkamania, that title run, that champion, babyface territory, whatever you want to call it, that's it. Uh, and again, 10-year-old Patrick O'Dowd incensed at the way Hogan loses the title. Incensed, I tell you, at, at the nasty, nasty million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant, and double referees. And I always get the night uh, of that show wrong because I always call it a Saturday night's main event, but it was not. It was a, was it the big event or something like the, that? The, it was just the main event. The main it was, event. It was Friday just, um, yep. Many people yeah. call it Friday night's main event, but it's really just called the main I event. I always get that. I always get that wrong. But I, here's, it was also here's the, the first one, I think. It was, yeah. That, that loss made the news. That's what's weird, like, because you never, pro wrestling never was in the like legitimate news. Hulk Hogan losing a title was was not new. for not for storyline reasons anyway. Yeah. No, but but it was just it was crazy. It just made the like, like whoever like and so to me that 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 world title reign like he like Hogan was on the cover of Sports Illustrated he was brought on to Saturday Night Live and yes a lot of that had to do with the relationship with NBC and all those connections and 100% but Hogan's persona and Hulkamania made it so and like I said to me it's the bedrock and the foundation of how we got to where we got to today with World Wrestling Entertainment 
1,474 days. Obscene. That's like legit, yeah. what, legit four years, right? I mean, and he didn't even lose it <laughs> clean. No, he didn't lose it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I had it number two. Um, Greg, thoughts on, on this title? Yeah, I, I, I echo everything Patrick said. Literally, the end is the only reason why it was my number three. If it ended, right. imagine if that reign, just, just if we alter history, and that reign ended with him losing to Randy Savage in the center of the ring at WrestleMania four or, you know, losing to the ultimate warrior. Cause basically it take out the savage reign. He could have ran all the way to warrior and right. <clears throat> or WrestleMania six. Then it would, it, I, I would have had a number one. Would have Imagine if Ted DiBiase had actually pulled it off. Like they originally thought about doing for a while. Yeah. And, and actually won the thing versus what we ended up with. And it was all done right. so that we could have this tournament at WrestleMania four, which I love, although many people don't. And, and, and that's all fine and well, but yeah, save for the ending, this would have been number one because it, it transformed a territory and it transformed an entire industry. And it's hard to look at almost anything we see today. And, and, in, in the vein of this would still be, had Hogan not become WWF champion, who knows where wrestling would be. If wrestling would even be in the States, it probably would have disappeared and come back since then had Hogan not been WWF champion. So we just can't, we, we can't even imagine the world without Hulk Hogan being WWF champion as, as part of that, you know, that era. So it's, it's really launched the business as we know it today. It's really the reason why when we do lists like this, this is always where the era starts. You know, I call it the WrestleMania era, but it really begins when Hogan beats the iron sheik in Madison square garden. And which was televised on local television. Like that's where right. the, that's where the business was at that point. It was on the MSG network. I know because I saw it. Um, and, and, and even from there, like I saw it on a, on a repeat cause I started watching wrestling after Hogan won the title, but before WrestleMania won, like that's how I, and I can always watch, you know, always target how long I've been watching wrestling by WrestleManias. And so, yeah, I grew up with Hogan. It's the first iconic thing that I remember in wrestling is this, you know, him being this champion. It's basically all the factors were out there, but never really brought in together. And Hogan and Vince and the WWF at the time, or whatever you want to call it, is the big bang of modern day wrestling. Because you 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 got the actually final formula to making wrestling with pop culture crossover and go into living rooms that have no business wanting to watch wrestling and here they are because it crossed over with so many different people's interests like rock and wrestling and everything else you know commercials movies etc etc that's that's all hulk hogan so definitely ruthian um when when you assess uh, his place in history as far as professional wrestling goes so all right my number one uh let's let's talk about uh It's as simple as this. Just when they think they got the answers. I ask for ice cream bars. Um, It was a hell of a fucking rain. Let me tell you right now. Uh, Paul Heyman put him back on the freaking map right there. It was the, the, the beginning of Paul Heyman being this guy that would carry. Uh, It's interesting because Heyman with the Lesnar dynamic early on, didn't, didn't Lesnar didn't talk, you know, and then you, you looking for someone to go with Heyman that needs a, someone to talk for them and, Punk didn't need anybody to talk for him. It just made him invincible. And and the amount of matches that he had in that time period is why I say it's number one, because if you look at the, 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 the beginning and the end, the ending is amazing. The beginning was a victory over Alberto Del Rio, which, which was fine. Um, but the matches he put in it, the meat is so freaking good, right? He, he's having great matches with Del Rio with uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, younger Dolph Ziggler. Right. Uh, then he goes on and he's working with Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston and Mark Henry and Chris Jericho and Kane and the Big Show and John Cena and Seth Rollins and Jerry Lawler and Randy Orton and, and then Ryback. I mean, and then you get The Rock, the only person that they could bring in to end this reign and have it be huge. And obviously, we're trying to get back to WrestleMania with Cena there and The Rock, but Punk was the guy that had the rock come back to professional wrestling and actually win a freaking title. So the ending to me is amazing. Uh, that's why I have it. Number one, it still stands out to me as maybe one of my most favorite times in professional wrestling. 
my my bias against CM Punk keeps me from putting it higher. I'll, I'll admit that. Like part of this is that I don't like the guy. Um, but you can't you can't deny the rain, right? Like you just can't. Like all the reasons that you just laid out right there. Um, and you know, electrified a very you know vocal part of the fan base um in favor of the wwe because he's their guy like he really is and yeah it was it was good storytelling it was good stuff um and yeah there's nothing to it i i actually um will say i you knew that you knew how the rain was going to end when he faced the rock i i actually kind of wish it didn't couldn't didn't have to be that way like I, I really do kind of wish that it didn't it, it didn't have to be that way. Um but that I mean that was just and that's you know, maybe that's my playlist or whatever. Cause I enjoyed his title reign. Um uh, I just his his post WWE time um has always been sour to me and has always caused me to look at him in a different way. Um but it was number four on my list because you can't argue you can't argue that the rain wasn't an all timer. Yeah, three hundred and eighty days, was. Greg. 380 days. What's 380 days? This rain. That was 484. Oh, 400, yeah, it's way long in that. Yeah. Did I look at the wrong? They touted that number like crazy. And uh, I yeah. did until he was. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, When I transferred from the front of the big show sheet to the <laughs> from the back of the big show sheet, I, I the number above it's yeah. 380. That was Cena. It, you're, you're right. Thank you. Yeah. And the thing about this one is it's, um, first of all, it's crazy to think it was over 10 years ago now. That this took place. That's yep. wow. Um, time flies. He shattered the modern era standards of time when, when he did this. Like no one was was going this long of a run when when Cena did it and, and sort of paved the way. Lesnar's monumental run was really a lot of people think it was done just to erase this from the history books because WWE is WWE. Um, it did reestablish Paul Heyman. It, it was the impetus for the debut of the Shield. Like like. Cena was champion and, and had the match with, with Ryback. And that's what caused the shield to even debut when they did. And, and, and again, launched the careers of three megastars during, during CM Punk's reign. Two and a half. His in-ring promos were always fantastic. His matches were always fantastic. The, the two things that hurt it for me was that he wasn't even always the main event during this run. Like a lot of yeah. times he was a mid card world champion, which is not his fault, obviously, but we're talking about the reigns, not necessarily the performers. And it ended like trash and, and, and it ended simply because they needed to do, you know, the rock had to be champion and Cena had to win the rumble to get twice in a lifetime to happen at WrestleMania 29. Otherwise this reign probably wouldn't have ended there. It probably would have ended at WrestleMania, which is where it should have ended. And, and he should have got, it probably would have been if, if the rock hadn't happened, the WrestleMania 29 main event is probably CM Punk losing to John Cena. In, in all in all reality, and that's probably the way this should have ended, which would have taken him well beyond 500 days as champion and and would have. And then this reign might be, you know, towards or at the top of my list, if that's the case, because of how it ended. He deserved a better ending. No one. The moment The Rock came out, which was during the summer before and said he was going to beat CM Punk for the title at at the Royal Rumble tarnished this rain for me because i was like yeah that's exactly what's gonna happen and, and and it made punk look like a little bitch and punk turned heel on that show but it, it just well, he, wasn't the same after that he had to because baby faces don't lie and rock couldn't lie so he had to be heel yeah and and they really tarnished that run for me at that point because when when the rock said he was gonna do that i was like yeah he is gonna do that and that's a poor way for it to end and i just hoped beyond all hope that it wouldn't happen like that and then you had you know the Rock teaming was seen in a main event Survivor Series, and so CM Punk doesn't get that spot. Like, The Rock cost him a lot more than a WrestleMania main event, and and really, and and it almost stinks that he had to be world champion during The Rock's last, you know, run. Well, it's too bad that it's too bad that CM Punk is with a fucking W then, because it'd be a perfect thing um, to have CM Punk cost The Rock. Uh, maybe he'll be a free agent by then. Cost The Rock beating Roman at WrestleMania 39. How about that? And, you know, people hate to admit it, but he almost went back to WWE before signing with AEW. So, 
Uh, is there a great time, guys? Great, great lists. I think really good wrestling conversation today. Something different for people to listen to as we get into the road to WrestleMania here, which I am very much excited for. Is there any reigns that we didn't talk about that were on the back of your mind while doing this list? I had one more um, that we didn't get to, and, and it's a kind of a different reign that we didn't really talk about, and it's kind of a, a transition in wrestling history. And it's Shawn Michaels' reign from Survivor Series of 97 to um, WrestleMania 14 because you obviously have one of the most infamous wrestling pay-per-views of all time in, in him winning the belt and really people starting to talk about wrestling. And it really jumpstarts the wrestling ratings as well when you get to Austin and everything else and the numbers they start doing after that. Um, obviously, he hurt his back in the casket match against Taker, but still went on to have a solid match. You got Mike Tyson during this reign as well. So... To me, that 140-day reign is a lot more important than just 140 days in Shawn Michaels and his third title reign. It's it's about transitioning from uh, people not knowing behind the curtain to kind of seeing exactly what happens when you can't agree on an ending for a match, or supposedly, and um, <laughs> and and then the transition into the biggest uh, money-making star uh, in wrestling history in Stone Cold Steve Austin. What's interesting for me, and, and I had this down as an observation that I want to talk about at the end of the show, so I'm glad you brought this up. Not a single Attitude Era champion is on this list. And yeah, and the reason why is because the title reigns were so short. And, and as right. you snap your fingers, it's the most profitable reign, you know, run in except for you know modern day and all the you know things, but at the time and Austin garnered so much, but the storytelling changed and, and the runs become so short. We know the stars. We know the rock. We know Stone Cold Steve Austin way more than we know the titles and the title runs. And and it really became that. Like we know Hogan because of his iconic title run. We knew these guys regardless of their title runs. And what jumped out at me is that the Attitude Era was nowhere to be found on our list. And I didn't expect it to be because of how short all those title runs were. But yet we have two of, of the four that many people put on Mount Rushmore with the rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out of the Attitude Era. So it's just interesting how that era just kind of lives in its own little, you know, section of the multiverse, so to speak, because it's, of, it's of fun, what all happened. So why do you bring the, that up? The longest oh, reign, in, the longest reign in the Attitude Era, if you want to go from Survivor Series when Michaels wins it till like let's say, yeah. let's say it's probably uh, that one, right? O two ish is no, it's Austin's after WrestleMania seventeen for one hundred and seventy five days. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I I sat there and. Actually, one of the guys I tried to cons- like that I tried to look just because it seemed like he was champion all the time, but couldn't find a reign that really compelling was Triple H. Like I kept looking for a Triple H title reign that I was like, oh, this no, none of these were really because of what you said, Greg, because of the style of storytelling and what it was. Like I, I thought that I, I thought about the game, but then couldn't mm-hmm. really find a reign where I was like, yep, this one should be up there. His reign from because all he ever did was make other people. Well, his right. reign his reign from Backlash in 08 till he lost it to Edge in Survivor Series that 200 plus day run was pretty freaking good. Right, um, and yet I still wouldn't put it right. you know above any of the ones that above obviously what on we my have, yeah. right. So, and yeah, and The Rock was my guy, but The Rock like what was a champion for like a hundred days total in his career or something like that? Like he never much. had long title reigns. No, no, he was flipping it with. Um, Hunter and Cena, or not Hunter, Hunter, not and, Cena. Foley. Hunter, Hunter, Hunter and Foley. Foley. Yeah. Yes, that's what I mean. Hunter and Foley. So, um, his run from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania might be his longest, right? Which is crazy. No, he that was an actual performance. No, who, who are you talking about? Hunter? The Rock. The Rock. Oh, The Rock. Um, here I can tell you right now. I've had this this very shout out to Wikipedia and um, yeah. shout out <laughs> to CageMatch.net as well. <laughs> Let's see, The Rock, The Rock, The Rock. We'll get this done first. First title reign, 44 days. Second title reign, appropriately, two days. Uh, third title reign, 41 days. Da, 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 da. Fifth title reign, from King of the Ring to No Mercy, 119 days. 35 days for the sixth title reign. Uh, 35 days for the seventh title reign. Undertaker to Brock Lesnar. You still haven't hit a year yet. No. Um, and then I guess it's going to be that one where he beats Punk. And that one was 70 days. Yeah, so his longest was actually 119 days when he wanted a King of the Ring in 2000. So, so I was wrong, but, um, 
Yeah, it's crazy to think that the Rocky even held it for 120 days at one point. But so many of his runs were so short. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is insane. Well, guys, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we got together. Folks, you can definitely look out for more impromptu wrestling conversations, some more uh, debatable top fives within uh, professional wrestling's history and modern day as well. We like to talk about all that stuff. Um, Patrick, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you all over the social interwebs? You can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T did that for one Greg DeMarco. Did well, too. Did it well. Greg? You can find me at ShareShotGreg on all of your forms of social media. Uh, yeah, at ShareShotGreg. You can find me at PC Tunney on Twitter and Facebook. Please continue to listen to everything ShareShot Radio Network right there on the ChairShot.com and all of your favorite streaming platforms. Um, we did it again, another episode of ChairShot Radio, an impromptu wrestling conversation, an IWC for the IWC. Make sure you're going to thechairshot.com and enjoy your day the ChairShot way by always using your head. Have a good one. ShareShot.com. Always use your head. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.